Hello and welcome to God's Word During Exile. We're a group of pastors who uh, study God's Word together, and we're having some fun today. So last week was my wife's birthday, and we wished her a happy birthday. And we didn't get any emails, but I almost thought about lying on the podcast and saying, we got a bunch of emails to God's Word During Exile this past week, asking people if they could see Lindsay. And so here she is. Ah, and there she goes. No, I'm just kidding. Here she is. In the sunset. (laughs) Into the sunset she goes. So this is my wife, Lindsay. She puts up with a lot, as you can imagine. Oh, yeah. Being being married to me. Uh, But she was appreciative for the birthday. You want to say anything? Yes, thank you for the wishes. Birthday wishes. It was a good time. It was a good time. She got some Legos. I did get some Legos. Excellent. All right. All right. See you. See you, Lindsay. So that was probably the best portion of the podcast that we've done ever, period. Um, definitely the most righteous. Um, although I don't know, because we have had Brett Bow on here, so that gets pretty close to the most righteousness that we could be. Um, <clears throat> but we're happy that you're here. Uh, today is another part two, part two of... Uh, commandment number four and so we're going to kind of lay that out if you didn't listen and you're thinking to yourself how is this a part two uh i would encourage you to pause this and go backwards and listen to the previous recording of our podcast where we lay out um commandment number four and now this is the continuation of that uh commandment and so i'm going to pass it over to mike who is going to kind of get the ball rolling for us. I understand that we're going to have some scripture to read, but are we going to pray first or are we just going to go right into scripture? No, no, we'll, we'll pray first. I'll open us up in a word of prayer today. And then because Ben loves it so much, we'll have him read the commandment. Sweet. Hey, how was everybody's Thanksgiving? We'll first go, Mike, I'm going to ask you, Mike, over here. How was your Thanksgiving, Mike? My Thanksgiving was a little bit chaotic, but everybody's doing better now. So that's Good. Had a new nephew. Then, that's amazing. Hey, new nephew. Woo woo. Shout out right, to CJ. Yeah. Shout out CJ. Here we go. Send us an email about CJ at God's Word During Exile. Maybe he'll be able to show up on the next podcast. Hey, there you go. Okay. Uh over here, Ben Baker. Ben, how was your Thanksgiving? Successful. Successful. Very good. <laughs> Very good. And down, down here, the W. How was your Thanksgiving? It was great. Uh, we got to see um, my side of the family and my wife Lori's side of the family. So it was really good to see everybody. And I got to see my cousin and his wife and meet their son. Uh, and it's been a long time since I've been able to get to see them. And his wife brought the best dish for the Thanksgiving dinner. So that Tell was... us more. What was the dish? It was this uh, like garbanzo beans and lime and avocado salad thing it was amazing it just popped and the whole meal just came together it was great mike what was the best uh thing that you ate for thanksgiving well that's a tough question probably the gravy <laughs> just put a straw in there and yeah like i'm just i'm a big fan of gravy and the gravy just really turned out it was great you put it on everything yeah. made everything better well, Hussie, like did, you, did you make it, Huss? I did make the gravy, yeah. Yeah, well, you are one of the best cooks that I know, so I bet it was great. 
I don't know. Natal has made one of the best meals I've ever eaten. That duck. Yeah, that? Both of you I still good. have dreams about that duck you made. Oh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe after the catechism, we can do a cooking show and you guys can teach Ben and I some things. Oh, I would love I to do that. That would be so great. Ben, what was your favorite dish for Thanksgiving? Probably the candied sweet potatoes. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Dude, I made uh I made cranberry sauce for the first time, and I will never buy canned cranberry ever. I didn't realize how easy it was. It literally <laughs> takes like 12 minutes total to make wow. it, and it is substantially better. And like you don't have all the preservatives and all the sugar in it. I used honey instead, and it was just it was amazing. I was shocked wow. with how good it was. So Mike, did I get it right? You hear no, Ben? You, hear, not, you got here? me, but you, you mixed those two up on the bottom. Darn it. So, yeah, not the end of the world. All right, let's open up. Hey, I'll take uh, I'll take 50%. All right, one-third, 33%. Well, if you picked yourself, you'd be at 50%, too. Right? I am. Here. here got go. it. 50%. <laughs> All right, save us, Obi-Wan Kenobi. All right, let's open up in a word of prayer. Uh, Father God, thank you for today, and uh, thank you again for an opportunity to gather around your holy word. Lord, thank you for uh, this Thanksgiving season, too, that we just passed out of and into the Advent season. Um, Lord, um, continue to remind us of all the things that we should be grateful for, and the one we should be most grateful for is the sending of your son. Born as that babe of Bethlehem, but born to live, suffer, die, and rise again, that we might have life and life eternal in him. Lord, as we look at your word, I ask that you would show us our sin bring us to repentance and point us once again to Christ and his finished work for us. Lord, strengthen us uh, in our faith and ready us for your service, we pray. Amen. Well, right, ben, will you read for us the fourth commandment out of the catechism? And I'll, I'll pull up Exodus to read kind of the entire thing once we get there. Are you muted, Ben? No, I just okay. forgot where I put my catechism. <laughs> I thought I saw your mouth moving, and I'm like, "What? what's going on here? <laughs> the fourth commandment, honor your father and your mother. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise or anger our parents and other authorities, but honor them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. And I'm going to read from Exodus 20.12 in the ESV, only because... Uh, there's a promise connected here in Exodus chapter 20 that we're going to talk about today, so I want to make sure you've got it. Uh, so 2012, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. All right, I think we've got all of our necessary context. We left off a couple of things from last week. The first one, I think, is a, a pretty big, pretty important question. Um, what do you do if you have parents that are objectively bad or wicked or tell you to do things that are contrary to God's word and commands, how do you handle that and still fulfill the commandment to honor your father and mother? You guys got any ideas? You know, this is, uh, I was just thinking of a challenging situation. I was uh, put in to give advice to somebody who didn't necessarily have bad parents, but this uh, young guy wanted to go on to, you know, Bible college and and uh, probably seminary and become a pastor, which he ended up doing. 
but his dad wanted him to stay at home and go to the and work on the farm. He didn't want to let him go to do all of these things. And are you talking very... about Star Wars right now? <laughs> no. Okay. No, but uh, it was very difficult to know, like, how to advise somebody. Do you disobey your father? I mean, he was becoming an adult, but you know, it was a real point of disagreement. And uh, so, like, how far do we have to obey? in particular things, you know, um, how do we honor our parents? And it, but you're mentioning much more egregious situations um, because there can be absolutely horrible examples of parents who are abusive and even try to get their children to sin. Um, and, and it's very difficult. Um, how, how could you honor a parent in that situation? It seems almost impossible. Um, I guess my initial thought is just to get us rolling is that, you know, not, you can honor your parents, even if you might have to get away from them, or even if you don't always obey everything they say. And, and in that regard, as far as obedience, we always remember that it's more important for us to obey our heavenly father than our earthly father and if our earthly father is telling us to disobey our heavenly father then we know whose word wins in that regard and so we can trust god's word uh, above all else um and yet insofar i think as we can we honor them even if we have to do from so from a distance to be safe or um in maybe going against what they're asking us to do because it's sinful, we can still show some level of respect to honor them. Um, any, uh, what do you guys think? Where would you go with this? Um, I'll just read a section here from uh, Herbert. Gergen Schoen. Uh, he has a two-volume set on teaching Luther's catechism. He's got a two-volume name for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. The last name uh, is Gergen Schoen. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, this might be of some some help. Um, so he speaks about you know, in the parent-child relationship. He says there are two implications of what he's been talking about for this. And the first one in particular, I think, maybe of some help with this. So he says, the earthly representatives of God themselves are implicated in the sinful existence of this world. So he's talking about parents. They are therefore not only faulty, because, but also in innumerable cases, bad representatives of God, who not only make it harder for their children to keep the commandments, but in some cases impossible. The commandment, therefore, does not apply only to the children, as if the whole burden of the divine command were laid upon them and all rights given to the parents. It applies to both parties. It is impossible to speak of parents as representatives of God and their authority without becoming conscious of their utter failure to fulfill the responsibility it lays upon them. And this explains their inner uncertainty in applying their authority. Nevertheless, The commandment remains, and it applies not only to good parents, but to all parents. This undoubtedly means a burden for the children. But the characteristic of earthly life is that God regulates the relations of sinful men to one another. 
The holy will of God is most powerfully manifest where God-given authority is respected in spite of the obvious unworthiness of the parents. At the same time, however, it is clear that all parental authority, because it is representative authority, has its limits. It is never absolute authority. It is justified only when it is subject to the commandment of God. So that can perhaps can offer some help with that too, that the, the command for you know, obedience to parents and respect of the authority that God has given them, uh, it has its limits. It only extends so far. So um, if parents try to use that authority that they have been given by God to have either to treat their children <clears throat> contrary to God's word or try to, um, you know, command their children to go against God's word, that is a misuse of their authority. And so in that case, then, their authority is not valid. It doesn't mean that that they're invalid as parents altogether, but in those areas in which they depart from God's word or would direct their children contrary to God's word, they are being bad representatives in that sense. They are misusing their authority, and we are not required to obey the misuse of that authority. And so where this may come into play then is we, indeed, we may disobey if we are commanded to do something contrary to God's word, but we also, uh, you know, we accept the consequences. Now, if it's a, if it's a life threatening situation or something like that, that's where, you know, we would certainly need to involve the authorities and such, you know, we don't want, certainly would not, uh, um, you know, say that, uh, that a child has to remain in an abusive relationship in that way but but most of the time that's that's not the that's not where things are going with this um but so in that way we see kind of a a parallel then to to government and society as well because our governing authorities the authority that they have from god is derived from the family <laughs> um and so that's why we include uh, our governing authority is in the fourth commandment. Um, that same thing would would apply. Their authority is not absolute. It's representative. And so um, it's justified, as Herbert Gergenstein says here, it's justified only when it is subject to the commandment of God. So when the government would seek to um, command us to do things that are contrary to God's word, they have gone outside the bounds of their authority. That's a misuse of their authority. And we are not bound by God to, to obey that command that goes against his word. However, again, if we disobey, which in some cases we, we must, we also accept the consequences of that disobedience. That's part of the submitting to government, even when they're bad. Um, so, but it can but this kind of illustrates how messy things get with with sin, right? It's it's not always easy to to wade through and navigate some of this some of this stuff, um, you know, because 
parents are sinners too. And so they're, they're governing and care of their children is always going to be flawed as well. And so, you know, we want to, we would want to give the impression that, you know, if, if a child thinks that his or her parents has, you know, you know, failed or messed up in some way, they're not free to, to cast off the, the honor and respect for their parents. Um, but at the same time, you know, as we said, you know, we would not by any means, you know, recommend or say that that one should remain in an abusive relationship. In that case, I guess I would say just in the same way that that an abusive relationship breaks a marriage, because it is contrary to everything that marriage is. So an abusive relationship between parent and child, it really breaks that parent-child relationship and so then we're dealing with a situation where you know that's that's kind of on the extreme of things um so we don't want to maybe get too far off into into that that's a that's a pretty extreme thing but generally speaking even though our parents uh fail because they are sinful human beings they have still given us good things. God has still used them to care for us. Um, and so we can, and so we can honor them and, and give them respect and have gratitude to God for the good things they've given us, even though um, they have failed in numerous ways, some more seriously than others. Um, and so there's just, I'll just do this one little paragraph here. I think that, that's helpful too. Gregory uh, Sean says, despite all the human sinfulness which destroys life in the family, life can be preserved through the order established in the fourth commandment. Every child has received much from his parents, not only outward goods, but also an inner heritage which has helped him to live and made his life richer. Gratitude to parents is not merely a duty imposed upon us by the commandment, the reason for which we cannot see. It is based upon benefits actually received. The commandment is intended to help us see it. So I think that's that's helpful because we can often, um, and we all know how this is as we're growing up as kids, the older that you know we get and we get to teenagers, we think we know everything. We our parents seem kind of dumb in our eyes a lot of times, you know, and and a lot of times we we can just kind of pay attention to the faults and failures that we see in our parents. And we can forget about all of the, the good things that they have given us. You know, like the fact that we have even lived into, you know, adulthood, lived through our childhood, right? We were born as helpless babies, right? Who took care of us? Our parents, right? And, and I think that that can be very, very convicting, but also very eye-opening when you think about it. Like, think about all of the all of the years that you don't even remember because you were too young to remember that your parents, my parents day in and day out cared for us and provided for us and, you know, food and clothing and things beyond just our bare needs. Right. Um, when you think about all of that, you know, I think for the most part, it can, it can put, their faults in perspective 
too. I mean, you know, unless it's like in a, a super egregious fault and as such, but but generally speaking, I think we can kind of put that in the balance too and say, yeah, you know, they're sinful human beings too. They've fallen short and failed and not done, you know, as as well as they ought, just as all of us are are sinful too. Um, but look at all of the good things that God has given me through my parents. And we can have gratitude to God and to our parents for those good things, even if there are things that we say, yeah, you know, this wasn't a good thing that they did. Or, you know, yes, they failed in this way. But nonetheless, God still gave me many and countless good things and blessings through my parents. Um, so again, we're we can't, you know, it's not it's not case law for every single possible situation we're speaking kind of in general. It it is a difficult thing for for those whose whose parents have failed in very serious and egregious ways, or um, you know, it's it can be hard to talk about, you know, honoring your parents when maybe your maybe your dad walked out when you were a kid you know or something like like that i mean you know these are tough it's tough to think about you know how how you might you know like how do you honor that that parent who abandoned you i i don't i don't know i don't really necessarily have an answer for that so these are difficult things like sin really does make a mess of things and it makes it very difficult um you know to to navigate some of this stuff and say, how do I, how do I try to, you know, keep this commandment, which is God's will. And without, you know, passing over or denying serious offense against the familial relationship from parents. So I don't necessarily have a particular answer for, for some of that, other than to say that it gets sin makes a colossal mess out of stuff and it's hard it's not always we don't always have a you know clear this is how i do it and so it can be difficult to navigate through that hey matt you are muted i think i'm having a little trouble with my microphone connection i think uh so too so um but a couple quick encouragements um you know for those who have had abusive absent parents that have you know abandoned or hurt their children um one god is going to have vengeance against sinners and you can let him have vengeance and um and trust him with that. You don't need to live your life in bitterness and and trying to seek revenge. Um, and and know that God will punish people for their sins. Um, but even more comforting than that really is that God loves you and He's your heavenly Father. And that might be difficult for you to understand if you've never had a loving earthly father. But the uh, read the pictures of of the father in in scriptures and see how tender and uh, 
kind he is, how generous he is, how much he wants to be faithful and stay with you, not abandon you, but to take care of you. And and that's what he has intended for earthly fathers to to um, uh, to show as well in in the way that they can. Um, but because of sin, a lot of them don't. Uh, but God still is offering that love to you too. Yeah, and then I just say too, you know, acknowledging the, you know, the hurt and the and the pain and the the failure of a of a parent like that is is well and good and fine, but don't let that give you a like a victim mentality to which then you just repeat, you know, that behavior, you know, you see that, you know, you know, for so you know, firsthand how hurtful and destructive that is. And so, you know, with, you know, with God's help, you know, say, I, I don't want to be that kind of parent. So, you mm-hmm. know, with God's help, you know, and, you know, God, God help me with this. I'm not going to, walk out on my kids or I'm going to treat my, you know, my wife and my kids with, with gentleness and kindness. I, you know, with God's help, I want to be the the kind of parent that, that this commandment is speaking to as well. Um, and not just perpetuate the, the cycle, which unfortunately happens all too often. But do you but, think, that's connected with the curse of the commandments and the blessing that's promised to go on to the next generations too, that, you know, for those who are going to continue in that pattern of sin, it's going to be a curse through generations of the family. But then, you know, to those who seek out God and trust him, he will bring a blessing, you know, to them and their, um, and even their children. I think it's related um, in that as long as, you know, again, as long as we understand that in, in light of law and, and mm-hmm. gospel. So, so it's not saying that, you know, absolutely without fail, you know, and ungodly people will, you know, that God is going to, you know, when he says he'll punish their sins to the third and fourth generation, um, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that, you know, that's an absolute statement um, as if it's like, well, that's fit. It's fixed in place. Right. But but it does stand there as a very real warning that, yes, you know, that, you know, the sins of like our sins often affect more than just us. Right. I mean, right. But I mean, like and not even just those around us, but they can indeed impact generations to to come as well. Um Whereas, you know, when we, when we live in, in repentance and, and trusting in Christ, so we seek to live according to God's holy will as he has ordered those things. Um, I don't, I don't see any reason why there wouldn't be generational blessings to that too. Mm -hmm. Um, So just as long as you don't absolutize it. As right. if it's like you know fixed in place fate kind of thing, which is right. not what we're doing, but just to, yeah. um, but yeah, it does have it does have impacts, you know, and and mm-hmm. I think we see that like a lot of times, 
you know, broken families yield more broken families. Um, not always, but but that does often happen. And whereas intact families who remain intact, they do tend to produce further intact families, just as a general principle. Yep. Um, so, as an example of that not being just a fate thing and and everything too, uh, I'm thinking of one particular friend that came from a broken family with a. Uh, an angry dad that ended up abandoning the family and a mom do, who did drugs, you know, her whole life. And, but the daughter came to know the Lord and recognized that that was wrong and cried out to the Lord and put her trust in him. And it broke that cycle of sin. And, um, you know, I mean, not that all troubles were then in the past, but, um, but seeing that, you know, God, God will uh, wants to bless you know someone in in that situation too and can turn it around for them, not just in an earthly blessings way, but obviously in repentance and faith blessing you know that person and their children who would believe in the Lord with eternal life. So Well, awesome. This has been really good stuff, guys. I don't know how we did it, but we didn't finish the fourth commandment in this video. We did kind of introduce the promise a little bit as we talked <laughs> about the generational blessings and curses, but we didn't quite get there. So we'll have to push this one on to an episode three, but this was good stuff and worth taking the time to do. Uh, so Matt, will you close us up in a word of prayer today? No, wait, you opened in prayer, didn't you? No, I opened. No. You did. Matt, will you yep. close in prayer? Yeah, that's how we should. Maybe Natal, I don't. Yeah, no, Matt. Okay. <laughs> let's pray lord we thank you for uh this blessing of your word and we thank you for parents and uh the blessing that they are in our world and it's amazing to see that you can even take uh, a lot of hard and sinful people and use them as a blessing to their children um, and and uh, yet we recognize in this world because of our sin uh, we have a whole lot of messes and a lot of hurt too. And it's difficult to know uh, what to do in those uh, in those situations where things aren't as they should be. Uh, but we pray, Lord, that you would uh, show us how great and loving you are, that we can trust you and honor you above all these things and know that there is no uh, corruption or or abusiveness coming from you, but only uh, pure love and and kindness uh, that you want to show to us. And we pray, uh, Lord, that we would trust you even in those difficult situations. That you're going to make everything right in the end. That you'll take care of us and help us to uh, even show honor to those people who don't deserve it. Uh, we give us wisdom to know how to do that and when to do that, um, Lord, in those specific situations. But we see that you have ordered this world in such a way uh, to help us, to provide for our needs, and uh, to show us how much you love us. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you.